Just a second, Jacob Graham called after her. She waited until he reached the door where she stood. Lorraine's having one of her barbecue brunches Sunday, and I know she'd love to have you come. Amanda diverted her gaze from the piercing blue eyes. I don't want her to know about this yet. I have to get used to it myself. You understand, Dr. Graham? He removed the pencil from behind his ear and made a note on his writing pad. How will she know if you don't tell her? I don't give my wife an account of everything that goes on in this office. You come on over. The garden's at its peak this time of year, and you know how she loves to show it off. Noon Sunday. Don't forget now. Though anxiety boiled inside her, she raised her head and squared off her shoulders with an air of calm and walked out into the April morning, chilled by the Atlantic Ocean's still wintry breeze. Amanda plaited her long, thick, and woolly hair in a single braid, twisted it into a knot, surveyed the result, and made a face at herself in the mirror. She couldn't bring herself to cut her hair, though she spent a good fifteen minutes every morning braiding it and wrapping the single braid around her head or making two French twists at the back of her head. It would be easier to manage if she straightened it, but as a teenager she had decided to leave it as nature had ordained. She finished dressing got into her car and drove to Elizabeth City, giving herself plenty of time to arrive before other guests. Joining a crowd of cocktail-sipping strangers was not anything she relished on that particular day. Her concerns were too serious for light chatter, but in spite of her efforts, she arrived to find at least a dozen people milling around, chatting, and drinking coffee. No cocktails. She had forgotten Lorraine's rule about not serving alcohol before six o'clock. Lorraine claimed that Americans spent too much money and wasted too much energy on alcohol. Not that any of it mattered to her. A glass of wine was as much as she ever drank. Her hostess introduced her to the other guests, but she couldn't muster any interest in the things that concerned them, mostly local gossip and politics, and after a few polite exchanges, she focused her attention on the garden. Lorraine Graham had created a magnificent retreat for a troubled spirit, Amanda decided, as she strolled among the profusion of red, white, and pink peonies, pansies, hyacinths, and flowering dogwood and fruit trees. What a pity the tulips had no perfume, she thought, gazing at their array of colors and the many shapes of their petals. Flowers from several fruit trees floated to the ground, leaving behind their tiny green treasures. She leaned against a wrought iron bench and inhaled deeply, enjoying the fresh spring air and the fragrant hyacinths. But her weight toppled the three-legged bench, and to her amazement she lay sprawled across a patch of purple and yellow pansies. Her cheeks burned in embarrassment as she looked around, hoping that she'd escaped notice. Here, let me give you a hand. She had to quell the impulse to ask him to leave her to her own devices, summoned her dignity, and smiled politely. Of all people, the man she'd seen that previous Thursday in the doctor's office. Give me your hand, he persisted. She raised her left hand because her right one lay trapped beneath her side. You're lucky you missed that raspberry bush, he said, friendlier than she thought necessary. She accepted his assistance with as much dignity as she could muster, thanked him, and hoped he'd leave her and join the other guests. She couldn't think of a way to dismiss him without appearing rude and ungrateful, so she strove to be her normally gentle, courteous self and to make conversation, but her personal problems bore so heavily on her that she couldn't summon the will to friendliness.
I'm in bad shape, she conceded, if I can't focus well enough to carry on an impersonal conversation with such a man as this one. Your head is almost covered in pink and white petals, he told her, evidently oblivious to her discomfort. That voice. Could he hear the melodies in his speech? Of course, she immediately concluded. Enough women must have told him about it. She forced herself to turn slowly toward him, gaining time to restore her equilibrium. Oh, flowers in my hair? She hated that he disconcerted her to such an extent that she lost her poise. Yeah, he answered, no doubt unperturbed by her aloofness. Lots of them. He picked off a few and showed them to her. She backed away, sensitive to the feel of his fingers on her scalp, and resisted the urge to remove her dark glasses. Remove them and get an unobstructed look at eyes she remembered as being the color of dark brown honey.